everyone, and welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about everyone's favorite books from TikTok. Today, we are covering the Plated Prisoner series by Raven Kennedy. And as always, I'm joined by my fabulous hosts, Hilda. Hi. And Bridget. Hi. So we're covering the Plated Prisoner series, book one, which is Guild. Yes. Um, now, Hilda just finished this book, so she's got the freshest thoughts on this. Bridget and I read this a couple months ago, um, but she's going to take us through a recap. We're going to give our fresh takes. Maybe not so fresh. Ours are a little stale. <laughs> yours, are, <laughs> yours are hot and fresh. Hot and fresh. The feelings I, like- I had towards this book are still fresh. Don't worry. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think I still have this the same fresh thoughts. The grimy ones. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay. Oh, There's you know, guilt. it's funny. I, I put that in my notes. Content warning slash trigger warning. Yes. While you say that, I'm also going to do our normal spoiler alert. If you haven't read this book and you have wanted to read this book, maybe don't listen to this recap. If you didn't want to read this book and want to listen to a recap, then great. Thanks for joining us. We're glad you could be here. <laughs> or if you want a recap to remind you... Uh-huh. Because book four comes out May 15th. I was going to say mid-May, but yeah, 15th. Yeah, mid-May. Um, I closed our calendar, so I can't look it up <laughs> right now. Um, that's why we're going over the series. So um, what do I have in my notes? Okay, first off, I'm definitely going to editorialize a little bit. It took me a really long time to get into this book. Mm-hmm. I think I was on... 56% for at least five days. I just, I couldn't go back to it. I really, um, it was not an immediate click at all. Um, however, at the end, it really picked up and I really started liking it. Um, when we talked a little bit last night, I said that I would have rated it a 3.5 out of like five stars. And you guys said a three, both of you said three. So I thought that was good. So, okay. I kind of made notes on my phone uh, so that Bridget doesn't yell at me about clicky pens. (laughs) Her tippity types while you're typing. Which is also my nervous tick. Okay. Right off the bat, we're introduced to Aaron, and I think we're all good with that name. Yes. Uh, Aaron. (laughs) Aaron? I was like, Aaron? Aaron, Here we go. Okay. Okay. Vowel sound, Ren. (laughs) Aaron, Oren. Okay. I don't know if anybody's now, read like, the Now I'm like, was I saying it Aaron? No. Aaron. I thought for Aaron. A minute okay. it might be Aaron, but yeah. I think I just threw like a British accent on it when I was reading it in my head. I don't know why. You got very fancy. I was like, oh, okay, we'll go with this. She's made so, out of gold. Come on. Like, okay. Of course so we went fancy. Aaron's made out of gold, but she's not like solid gold statue the way that you would see like those park performers or something it's more like her skin is gilded hence the title of the book guild yeah i um, thought she looked exactly like looked. those park performers no i was she's... definitely thinking burning gold boys but like the gold one like fully no. like, the, like like your skin is painted yeah no, no 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 but later on they describe it's more like she's gilded it's not like solid gold because remember she's alive it's if like she was shimmering. solid gold she'd be right. dead right so okay um, so we're introduced to Oren. She's basically in a cage in the castle, which is Highbell. 
I can't remember if that's just the name of the castle or also the name of the town, but whatever, she's in Highbell. Um, and so she's basically watching an orgy happen right before her eyes. Pause. Um, like, how does a, the first intro of a book is like that? Like, I was shocked. I was like, this is the, like my very early stages of like reading spicy books. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be a super spicy book. Was let down, but we'll continue. So essentially, um, she gets to watch but not participate. Not that I think that she would want to participate, um, but she's definitely self-medicating because she's drinking a lot. I think she would have wanted to be picked for the team. You know, like, I don't want to play, but I want you to pick me for the team. Maybe. Um, So what do we know about Aaron or Oren? Um, She is known as the king's favored. And the theory is, or the story goes, that King Midas, who has the golden touch, um, basically made her into a gold person. Um, Gold saddle. a gold saddle, but he doesn't. Okay, so now that you said about the saddles. word saddle, now that you, so in this world of, hold on, I have it in my notes somewhere. Is it Oria? Oria? I was gonna say, I know it starts with an E. It actually starts with an O. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> is there an E in there? It's yes, O R E A. God, but we pronounce it with an. <laughs> An O, it's an E. It's O R E A. Okay, so, so I, at least I knew how to spell. I don't know why he said it starts with an E. It's late got, at night, you guys. So we're in the kingdom of Oria, which is um, split up into like six kingdoms. I don't think she gives us a map, but essentially, in my mind, all the kingdoms are like stacked one on top of each other, and they're literally called like first kingdom, second kingdom, third kingdom, fourth kingdom, fifth kingdom, sixth. Kingdom. Right. I think you're right because I feel like as you descend or as they travel through the books, like they're going through different climates. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if they spoke on it on the first book though, but that's basically later on what it comes out to be. That's the impression I get. And so Arin um is in Sixth Kingdom. That's where King Midas is. First name Tyndall. Tyndale? Tyndall? Any opinion on that? I think I call it Tyndall. Okay. Tyndall. Tyndall. Um, so the sixth kingdom, like super cold, like it's icy outside. Yes, yeah, it's like, like a frozen wasteland, basically like Siberia yep. of this kingdom. Mm-hmm. No one's really spending much time outside. No, it's there's the sun barely comes out, constant blizzards. Um, but anyways, here the members of the harem, male and female, are called saddles because you ride them. <laughs> <laughs> she said it's a matter of no. <laughs> so part of, me, part of me is like oh okay first of all I hate the name I think it's like so degrading but at the same time I'm kind of like okay I kind of get it but it's still just weird I, I got it I was like we're, we're really playing into this alright <laughs> it's a little heavy handed what they're doing but I was really like, is this a normal term that people call these people? And I just never knew. Okay. I I feel like it's Bridget didn't know type of situation. No, no, no. Um, Yeah, no. I mean, the correct phrase these days is actually sex worker. Although, I guess, I mean, they're not really getting paid. 
although I guess they kind of are. I don't know. Um, they explain later on, I think more in book two, um, what's going on. And I'm trying not to confuse what I've learned so far in book two with this book. Okay. So Oren's not participating. She's just watching. She's drinking a bunch of wine. So what do we like know about her? And the first impression is really that she's kind of spoiled, shallow, maybe a little bit of an airhead and very vain. But she's also kind of like a prisoner. So even though she's the king's favorite, she's basically in a gold cage that he has built throughout um, the castle of Highbell. And so, yeah, she can walk from room to room, but only within the confines of this super huge cage. So Midas is the king of Six Kingdom, but the only reason that he's the king is because he married the daughter of the dynasty. I can't remember the dynasty's name, but her name is Melina. And the reason that he was able to marry her is because she doesn't have any magic, whereas he, again, has the golden touch. And they'll explain later on how there's magic in this world. Um, So basically, Midas, he has an alliance with King Folk. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. We agreed on that name. Um, (laughs) Off to a great start. Who is the king of Fifth Kingdom. I know, super um, hard to remember. Is it fifth or fourth? Fifth. Okay. And so Folk is a disgusting, fat, bald, lecherous old man. Um, But he's Midas's neighbor. They're friends. And so basically Folk has always had a thing for Oren. And he like really like lusts after her. And whenever he visits, it's just, I know, I see the face you're making. It's It's disgusting. so gross. Whenever he visits, he always takes advantage of Midas's saddles and you know he has the girls all over him grimy him Ugh. he's he's disgusting Oren hates him she thinks he's super gross she's like very openly dismissive of him which he picks up on and he does not like so essentially and I know that I'm skipping over a few things but he's visiting Midas and he says they're like in some meeting Oren gets called in to come to the meeting and essentially folk ends up telling Midas I I will do whatever you want I will pay whatever you want if I can have one night with Oren so Oren's like uh yeah he's never gonna go for that I'm his favorite like he doesn't let anybody touch me if anybody has touched me usually they get killed by Midas or they get punished in some terrible way like she's really like she is the king's personal property and I think it's important to call out that she thinks she's in love with him and that he's in love with her. Well, yes, she is in love. She is in love with him. And she believes that he is in love with her. Right. Right. And I get into that point. He tells her the cage is for her protection. So no one steals him away from her because you're my favorite thing in this earth. And people would use that to get at me. Right. So she doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. see herself as a prisoner yet. She just sees herself as like a protected lover because he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her, even though she's now his yeah. saddle versus his mm-hmm. queen or his wife. And he's also, but he's also at this point rarely having sex with her. Right. Mm-hmm. So Oren thinks that Midas is not going to go for what Folk has proposed, but. He actually says, like, okay, and I forget, like, the actual conversation, but essentially Midas is like, if you give me your troops 
and they meet up with my troops and we can go and invade Fourth Kingdom. You can have your one night with Orin. And so there's a lot of back and forth between like Fulk and his advisors and he's not really going to go for it because essentially they're going to war against Fourth Kingdom, which is the home of King Ravenger. Ravenger. I'm looking at the girls for name mm-hmm. confirmation. King okay. Ravenger. Who also known called? as King. King Rot. Yep. King Rot. But yeah, so uh, Folk goes for it. King Folk goes for it. And he decides that he's going to send his army to meet up with Midas's army so they can invade Fourth Kingdom. And Arryn's totally shocked that Midas would allow this to happen. Shocked? Um, like, I feel like betrayed. Like, she yeah. cannot She's super believe mad it. at him. She's mm-hmm. super mad at him. He eventually, like, visits her the night before she's supposed to go with Fulk. And he's basically like, do you trust me? And instead of her opening up to him and talking through her feelings, she basically is like, yes, I trust you. Um, there's, there's, yeah. There's another little, like, interlude where we learn about Aaron's relationship with the other saddles. And so basically they all hate her because they're jealous of her. Because, you know, she's the she's king's the favorite. favorite. And um, she, however, is she tries to make friends with them. And they're entertaining, like, folk and the dignitaries or whatever. And one of the saddles named Risa? Or Risa? Risa? I say Risa. Risa? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Risa. Risa. Yeah. That works for me. Uh, Risa has been, like, dancing for, like, three or four hours. And she's getting exhausted. And so Oren, to try to, like, get her out of it, um, throws a book at her that ends up injuring Risa's face. So Risa gets pissed at Oren for, like, messing up her face. But at the same time, she can stop dancing. So it was kind of like a win-lose. But it makes Risa hate Oren more because of that. But Oren's like, look, I did you a favor. Like, let's be friends. What are the other... What is Shema call it? The saddles. There's Rissa. There's Polly. Mm-hmm. Which. That bitch. All these crazy names. And then you end up with Polly. Um, and then later on, I think we meet Mist. Mist is a total bitch. And then there's a guy. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, I wish I could remember his name, but it's. I don't know why I'm feeling like Kelly. Something with a K. It's not Kelly. It's... No, it's absolutely not, but. That guy. There's a guy in the saddles. Is it Rosh? It's like, I think, Roshan? Roshua? I'm going to start looking it up. Okay. Um. Anyways, he's, yeah, because Midas is inclusive of all types of saddles. Okay. So, essentially, that interlude happens. Also, there's another interlude where we find out that Queen Melina, Midas's wife, also hates Aaron, um, and is super resentful of her and she sends one of her guards to basically beat Oren up. The other thing about Oren that's kind of significant that we haven't mentioned, and this is where the trigger warning, content warning comes in. Bridget, why don't you tell our listeners what else is special about Oren? You think this requires a warning? Yes, because it's so disturbing. I can't even say it. I was like, wait, what What part am I missing right now? Because I was looking up this guy's name. Um, so, so we're talking about her ribbons? Her ribbons, 
which are flesh ribbons that grow out of her back, like tentacles. She uses them like tentacles. So they're basically extensions of her back where she can use them like arms. She can even sharpen them like spears to kill people if she pleases. I'm assuming she uses them to pleasure Midas at some oh, point. Okay, so much okay. growth. Like, I'm <laughs> you cringing because of the flesh ribbons and, okay, like, just so- the picture of that. I'm cringing <laughs> because she said she used them to pleasure Midas, which, again, ugh. So she has, like, 24 ribbons going down so her much. spine, which is a lot. Not really quite sure what the material is. I feel like the material it has changes. to be her skin material. I don't know. They're, See, they're kind of sentient, too. Because yes. on a couple yes. of times, they have, like, caressed her face and, like, consoled her and made her feel better. So Overall, really weird. Um, I picture it as, like, a, a gold satin, like, ribbon that you'd, okay. like, put like, in your hair. Me too. But a thicker one that has, like, the texture of skin. Well, okay. You see, just I'm going full texture it, of a You ribbon. make it so gross. And so this is why I had to give the content warning because ever since you said the words flush tentacle to me, I've been so <laughs> disturbed. Like, I, just, I need to call them ribbons and I need to think they're like made of satin because once you start throwing in like the skin description, I can't. Well, they're and extensions so, like, to wonder, her back. When she was writing this, she's like, ribbons that come out of your back. <laughs> Or it's flesh that comes out of your back. How do I write tentacles into this? But we're not going to call it tentacles. I much prefer tentacles at this point. Like, oh, oh, oh. I just feel like <laughs> Ursula. I, I uh, tentacles, first of all, is a terrible word. <laughs> then you just put the word flesh in front of them. And like, that's just the stuff of nightmares. Hey, I can't tell you like how long I've been living with this this picture in my head. And I think it's only and you know what? appropriate there's I not, share. There's not great fan art. Because when, when you're reading this, you're like, I gotta get eyes on this. I need a visual of what this looks like. I've seen one where like you can see it from the back, like it pops up. I'll have to find it. I feel like the ones that I found, it just makes it look like it's part of her clothes, which is what she does. She tries to disguise it as like mm-hmm. part of her gowns, uh, or she'll like wrap it around herself as like a type of like belt. So like nobody really realizes that she has this, even though she has these things that like brush her hair. And like caress her, her dress. Yeah, it's anyways. I, it's, that's why I feel like it's got to go back to like a silky ribbon because it's like it's she uses it as like a corset kind of thing where like they cross against each other and like it becomes part of her dress. Yeah, it's weird. Google whatever so, makes Google, you I mean, feel better. Girl, she's gold and she's got tentacles. Like there's just no way you're blending in with society, right? Um. Okay. I lost my place in my notes. Oh, so anyways. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bridget's showing us some fan art with the flesh tentacles and um, <laughs> flesh tentacles. Yeah. Have, the fun, have fun Googling that image. Um, so anyways, there ends up being a celebration because Folk's army and Midas's army joined up. They're invading Fourth Kingdom. And so they're celebrating, um, basically, I don't know, destroying King Roth's army. And so that is the night where Orin's going to end up spending the night with Falk. And so she goes to the party. Um, she's seated at Falk's feet. He, like, grabs her onto his lap. She's, like, feeding so him because, Yuck. you know, she's being forced to major ick factor. 
definitely not consensual. And so, of course, she's giving him attitude, which makes him, you know, basically threaten her and tell her that he's going to be punishing her. Um, yeah, there's like, like I a can't lot wait to of break like you. all that kind of stuff. Where you're like, there's Ew. a lot of sadism in this book from like the men, especially towards Oren and like the other saddles. It's kind of gross. It um, paints I feel so, like a dark picture, kind of like in Game of Thrones, where just yes. everyone's kind of just a terrible person. And I feel yeah. like that same ideal of man is present in this book. That is everyone will kill you, true. everyone will rape you. Welcome to the world of Oria. With the an entire e. first book. Oria? It's Oria. Oria, Oria. Yeah, I was just making fun of Bridget. For a second, I was like, wait, did I say Oria? Oria. Oria. So anyways, he's escorting her away to the room. She's kind of like not really going willingly, but, you know, he's taking her with his guards. Um, and as they're getting towards to like his guest rooms in um, High Bell, one of his... I guess scouts, one of his army scouts, like barges in to the hallway and basically t- makes the announcement that King Folk's army has been defeated or is basically like walked into a trap. I don't want to say a trap. Basically, they never met up with Midas's army um, and they went at and attacked Fourth Kingdom by themselves. And so they're all super. Well, Falka and his group of people are super shocked. Um, and they end up like going into a side room to discuss it. And that's basically where Midas tells him, you know, I hadn't had no intention of having my army join up with your army. You basically um, attacked Fourth Kingdom by yourself. Um, Falka's outraged because he thought they were allies. Um, and so then he grabs Oren and threatens to kill her. Um, so it's there's chaos basically where um, Midas's guards and Folk's guards are fighting, and um, Folk is holding a knife to Orin's throat. She thinks she's gonna die, but then her guard, her private guard Digby, um, saves her. He kills Digby. Folk. I know Digby. Don't tell me what happens with Digby because I don't know. I don't know. Okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Okay. So, um, Digby says her, yay, Digby. Oren, though, is really, she's traumatized. She, like, basically, she had a knife to her throat. Did um, she have a scar, or did I make that up? No, like, I feel I like she... she did end up having a scar. Mm-hmm. Um, So, this is where we kind of get more of Oren's backstory, and it's kind of interspersed throughout the first book. So, she hasn't always been, like, a spoiled, airheaded princess, at some point um, when she was young and living with her parents, I guess the village or the town that she lived in got attacked. She had to escape, but she basically was a beggar child for a very long time. Clearly she got abused. They really don't go into like full details, but I think it was, you know, both physical and sexual potentially, which was really disturbing. And so that's when we find out that Midas found her and rescued her. That's why she's so loyal to him because he pulled her out of that situation and took care of her however she sees it in a very positive light i think the rest of us as we're reading this are really supposed to be thinking that he has groomed her 
Um, I can't remember their age difference, um, but the night before they end up going to High Bell so that he can, you know, propose to um, the princess um, or offer himself up, really, um, you know, they were they were definitely <clears throat> having sex and she was only like 16 and he was either 22 or 25. I can't remember what the age difference is, but he's definitely in his 20s. She's a teenager. They shouldn't be having a relationship. I don't care if this is like medieval times. Um, I didn't realize she was that young. When they first, well, it's been 10 years since then. So she's like 25 or 26 now. Okay. Um, But when they were first, I don't think they tell us how old she was when she met up with Midas or when he first rescued her. I felt like it might have been that. Um, age gap that you're talking about like I thought he was like 20 21 and she was like 16 like I knew she, I, he was older but I couldn't tell how much older he was definitely in his 20s yeah I they mentioned it I can't remember um and I couldn't when I searched it I couldn't find it quickly enough Oren's back in her rooms after the attack um and that's when Midas shows up and he actually consoles her and he like bathes her and like takes care of her and he basically like manipulates her a little bit and tells yeah, like her like the first time her. that yeah. he provides or like shows that he cares her about her like yep it's a lot of language i was never gonna let this happen to yeah. you I like had how to dare you think i would do, do that, that. Yeah. yeah like didn't you trust me you should um, know me better than that. Like getting mad almost a little bit. Yeah, he was like yeah. basically blaming her. Like, how could you even think I would do that mm-hmm. something to you? And she was like, well. Um, but they end up having you. sex. Um, so you definitely get the impression that she has forgiven him. And yeah. No. The, at this point in the book, we definitely don't like Midas. I remember I texted you, Bridget. I was like, are we supposed to start liking him? Because he's being nice to her this one time. I'm like, but this isn't sufficient. Like, he treats Stockholm her like syndrome garbage. She's problematic. She definitely has Stockholm Syndrome. And he is definitely problematic. So basically, now that King Folk is dead, I forget what story they made up to tell his kingdom about why King Folk is dead. Um, but Midas is going over there. Um, he travels over there basically to like, I don't know, help unite the kingdoms. Clearly Midas is making a power play so that he can probably slowly take over Aurea. Um, so he's going to, he's going as a friendly king to like help them take care of fifth kingdom since their king is dead, but clearly, you know, his intentions are to take it over. Um, so he travels alone or with like a small party and he eventually sends for Oren and his saddles. Um, so basically, there is a journey from High Bell to meet up with Midas in Fifth Kingdom. Also, before they end up leaving, um, Oren makes friends with a new guard. His name is Sale, and he's actually really nice. And he seems like he could be her friend. And that's one of the things that's really it's happening in the book. It's like, why did I almost call her Lauren? Because it sounds like Lauren just without the L. That's Why? true. It's just, that's I bet she's like, hey, good. I got a friend. I'm going to write you into this book. Your name's Lauren. Now it's Oren. Uh, Oren. She really wants friends. Like, she's really lonely. It's kind of sad. It makes me sad. 
Um, and so Sale is great. So she has her two guards, Sale and Digby. Digby being her old curmudgeon guard who saved her from um, gross King Folk. So as we mentioned before, um, Six Kingdom is like a barren, frozen wasteland. Um, what's that world in Star Wars? Hoth? Is that uh, Frozen yes. World? Hoth. Is yeah. Star- Hoth. Yes. Never yes. seen Star Wars. Sorry. Can't. Um, so I'm pretty sure this is like a um, fictional Hoth, although Hoth is fictional. So, yeah, I don't the know. to the fiction. It's Star Wars frozen. actually happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's frozen wasteland. And so they have um, a lot of um, problems, I guess, traveling because it's just like frozen and blizzards. And another interesting thing is they only travel at night and they sleep during the day. And so I thought that was kind of weird. I feel like that's and- not ideal travel conditions in well, Hoth. Because of what happens at the end of the book, I have a theory about that. Ooh, but okay. I will get there um, when we talk about what happened at the end of the book, so I don't give anything away. Um, so anyways, before, though, they reach, like, the outskirts of the barren wasteland, they're traveling through Highbell. And so Oren sees um, that, you know, they're in the Golden Kingdom. And so obviously there's so many things made of gold, especially when you're close to the castle. But as she goes further into the town, there's a lot of poverty. And like, she sees a bunch of poor kids, um, like beggars on the street. She like makes them stop the carriage so she can go give them money. At the same time, they almost get attacked though, because they have so much money. Um, And so it was kind of like a scary experience. Um, and Digby gets mad at her for like putting herself in danger and subsequently the traveling party in danger. But at the same time, she's like, uh, you see these poor like children, like this is terrible. They shouldn't be living like that. We have so much. Um, so that's a really interesting, um, observation that she makes. And because she's always locked in the castle, I don't think she really realizes what the plight of the people are. Um, I think Midas has always made it seem like he shares the wealth like that was the whole reason so mm-hmm. she's just been assuming from her cage that their kingdom is very well off but it's not and in case you haven't figured it out by now Midas is kind of an asshole kind of okay More he like is an it. asshole he is Giant. Oh, what it is he walks like a duck walks like a duck he's an asshole <laughs> Um, there's a couple storms when they're traveling. Um, she, so Oren, because again, she's always been like imprisoned in her gold cage. She tries to ride her horse as often as possible and not hang out in the carriage, which again, stresses out Digme and Sale, but Sale rides next to her. Um, and they even bond even more and they have a really cute friendship going on. It's like, they have good banter too. Like yeah, the they back do. and forth. It's really cute. Uh, um, I know. I really like him. And I, I like he that he was her friend and basically the only other person that acknowledged her existence as a human as a, and not yes. just the king's favorite who we can't touch or talk to. Yeah. I was really hoping that he was going to be the love interest here. I know. Well, and the best thing, young. though, is he doesn't treat her – he doesn't treat her like a whore. Correct. He actually respects her as a person, so it's a really, it's a really cute relationship. See, you can see why I can have feelings towards him being yeah. the one. Sale is a good person. So, anyways, we end up having this really terrible storm. She's stuck in the carriage for 
several days. And so when the storm finally stops, they're in like, I think the Barrens it's called. So they're yep. just in this terrible frozen wasteland. They sent out a scout to go check out the situation to see what was going on because the traveling party had stopped. And so when she gets towards the front of the traveling party, Digby is there with like the rest of like his commanders and they're like checking out the mountain because they think there's going to be an avalanche, but the scout should have come back by then and the scout hadn't. Um, so so like, Digby, you know you're in some shit. When the scout yeah. does not come back, this does not bode well. So Digby and I guess some of like the other, I don't know, leaders or whatever, go out to look for the scout. And Sale is escorting Orin back to her carriage when they hear this terrible sound. And so at first they think it's an avalanche, but then soon they realize that it's not. They see all these fire and lights pop up and eventually... Essentially, not eventually, essentially, they're getting attacked by the Red Raids, I believe they're called, which are the pirates of the frozen wasteland. Like snow pirates, but snow not pirates. charming, because that sounds charming. No, nope. Snow pirates are absolutely not charming. I'm nope. literally envisioning like a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean just to add snow. Yeah. Well, like their boat dudes- is on skis is what I am mentally picturing yes. in my head. Um, and they're assholes. And so Sale is trying to escape with her. He's like, make room for like, the, make way for the king's favored. But they do get caught because they got overrun by the Red Raids. Uh, the carriage crashes. Orin gets injured. Sale gets injured. When she comes to, she realizes she's been captured by, is it Quarter? I think Quarter, um, whatever, one of the pirates. Then we're introduced to Captain Fane who is like the second asshole in the book. And so um, Captain Fane is kind of gross. He's Super a pirate gross. captain, not Johnny Depp, pirate captain. No. Gross. He has wooden teeth. So again, by, very Pirates of the Caribbean inspired, I feel, this part, because I thought of the the guy, the bad pirate in the first movie, who was yes. not remembering. Hold on. I was Harry just Olsen. watching is that Gary Oldman? No, what's it? She's like, I demand parlay. And he's like, oh, well, that's cute. There's no um, parlay here. Whoever that captain is, that's who. Barbosa? Barbosa. There we go. You. Like a, a grosser Barbosa. Because like Barbosa looked. Grosser Barbosa. That rhymed and good Googling bridge. I'm trying to be the Hilda of the group. <laughs> <laughs> While I do the summary. Um. <laughs> So anyways, stuff goes down. Sale is trying to protect um, Oren. She's getting manhandled along with the rest of the saddles. Um, Then Captain Fane realizes that she's the gilded person. King's favorite. The king's favorite. um, Midas's pet. She has a lot of like really derogatory nicknames. But he realizes it's her. And so... He plans on abusing her um, and then selling her off. And so Sale overhears all of this happening. He yells out, um, you know, that they shouldn't touch her. He tries to protect her, but he's injured and captured. Um, And long story short, Captain Fane kills Sale in front of Oren. (sighs) And it was really, it was a very terrible scene. I felt so bad for her. Um, because the entire time he was like trying to reassure her 
and tell her it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it was, it was a very devastating loss. Okay. I felt this one. I was going to say, I've definitely felt this one compared to um, the War of Two Queens where like all of our favorite cast members were like dropping like flies and I felt nothing. This one person who was in like 20% of the book, I was like, ah. Part of me kept thinking, oh, there's no way. He can't stay dead. He's going to come back in some way, shape or form. Like he's going to come back because there's magic and there's a gold lady. But he – Never resurrected. Never resurrected. Yeah, I was expecting some like crazy, like supernatural show of power um, from Oren or something, but nothing happens. So the pirates start traveling. They have these big cats called not hot claws. Where, where are my notes? Where are my notes? Fire claws. <laughs> They're called fire claws. So basically, they have fire in their claws, and they use that to travel across. I kind of like snow. hot claws. Hot claws works too. Um, and so they're traveling. Um, basically, they leave all the saddles on the boat, kind of like not paying attention to them. Um, and so Oren takes that opportunity to go um, and try to rescue Sail's body because. The Red Raids, again, are assholes, and so they strapped sail to the front of their boat saying, oh, look, we have a sail now. So they were, like, mocking him and his death. Oren was really upset. I hated that. It's so, like... tough. That was a tough part to read. You're saying it all, and I can envision it all over again. It was so terrible. So she goes to try to, like, rescue him. Remember, it's, like, snowing like really cold snow she's like battered and beaten she's using really cold snow really cold snow not lukewarm snow but really cold snow um <laughs> we're floridians can't you tell yeah, like we <laughs> don't know yeah, i'm not Freezing even sure snow exists. <laughs> the closest we get is like hail every once in a while it's pelting her <laughs> yes Something unpleasant. It's pelting it's her like cold. hail. That's the closest yeah, we can get. Like, it's not like nice. Oh, flurry. It's not like Olaf. So I yeah. remember reading this whole part because I feel like the description of how cold it was like really just stuck with me. And maybe because I was reading this in December, which, you know, like winter happened one week in December. And I think it was when I was reading this <laughs> book. So like the coldness was feeling it in my bones. Like this whole part, like they have no shoes on, like they they're like bare fingers are exposed to all the elements. So I just remember thinking, like they they are in really rough shape yeah. here. I was like, they must With, have frostbite on every single on every single part of the flange. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen her throw up her fingers and wiggle. She goes phalanges <laughs> with a like, full jazz finger know, wiggle. Phalange is definitely a word that does not get used enough. It's the best. Description for word. your digits. It's a great Isn't word. Isn't that Phoebe's name in friends? Wasn't she like Roberta Falange? Yes. No. <laughs> Something like that. One of those Phoebe moments. Oh, those great um, made up names. Um, what else? Oh, Oren's also so she's trying to like cut sail loose, um, and she starts using her ribbons. Um, at some point the captain notices her doing that. 
and he tries to stop her. And so she exerts a lot of effort to get Sail down because at this point, like, she's half frozen. Her flesh ribbons are half frozen. Sail is, like, totally frozen. It's a very chaotic scene. Oh, and on top of this, I think she was previously she had been nice to Polly and she had given Polly, like, her fur coat because Polly had, like, lost her coat. It's just, like, it's terrible. Um, so Captain Fane catches her. Um, they have some words. And then he's basically going to go drag her to his, like, stateroom or the captain's room to go um, assault her. Um, and he has her halfway there, dragged there, um, when he gets a hawk, um, i.e. a message. And so he reads the message. He realizes it's super important. Um, they're going to have visitors in an hour. And so he stops the assault um, because he needs to go prepare for the visitors. Um, and he sends Oren and all of the other saddles to the kitchen so they can start preparing a meal with the cook who's also an asshole so red raids assholes like they have no redeeming qualities whatsoever where's digby at this time did we talk about that so no and that's really important we don't know digby's fate so digby i still i still don't know digby's fate if you guys know please don't tell me but obviously we're not going to not say a word up until the point that I've read in book two, I have no idea where Digby is. But so let's back when track to where first... he split from the group. Yeah. Right. When that first scout went missing, Digby went in search after him. Mm-hmm. And then Digby did not return. Yeah. And Digby then again, and the six people he was with. Uh huh. And then I think that's when Sale starts to realize we are in a whole heap of trouble here. And now we've got this mysterious avalanche heading our way. Yeah. And then that's where. Oren's captured, were dragged off. Oh, see, the red I thought he was there for the avalanche and then Digby went off to find. No, because the avalanche never happened. They the thought avalanche. it was an avalanche, right. but it was really just like the red the raids attacking. Yeah. yeah, so I think we're, we as readers are led to assume that Digby is hurt and, and got overrun by like the first wave of red raids, um, but that has not been made clear to us. And honestly, like, I don't want to think about Digby being dead Um, because, I don't know, kind of felt like he was, like, grandpa or dad. He is. He had – he, like, truly cared for her. He did. He did. Um, He reminds me of um, Daenerys's, like, right-hand dude. Oh. um, What's his name? I'm trying to look it up right now. Yes. Jorah? Jorah. Mm -hmm. Jorah Marmount? Yep. Really? But Jorah yeah. had a thing. That we found out after for the fact. Daenerys. I don't think Digby has it. But, oh, you know what? Don't tell me. No, I just meant like he came off as like the fatherly figure oh. at first in her life, and then suddenly he like wanted to bang her. Oh, I don't I don't know if Digby yeah. takes that turn. Yeah. No, not him. Yeah, yeah. No, but I just meant like initially when I envisioned him, like that was the image that stuck with me. When I was reading, and then it just kind of stayed. Okay. Okay. Getting a lot of nose faces, like me. Uh, yeah, I know. Jacob had. I'm like, mm, I could see it. it's not who I. I don't know why I pictured like an older man with like a yeah. balding, like a a beard, and just kind of like. I get more Victor vibes. Yes. 
um, from from Blood and Ash. See, I, I think do. Victor in my head also looks like him, so I don't know why I'd keep doing yeah. this to myself. Yeah, no, but we like- just constantly cast the same five characters in all the books we read. <laughs> Every I mean, good-looking male is Henry Cavill. I was going to no say, question. yeah, literally every book, fantasy or not, you can always find a Henry Cavill in the book. Always. I saw a TikTok the other day. I don't know if I sent it to you or you guys sent it to you me. You did. I did, where it's Henry Cavill as every character, as every leading man, basically. I didn't know he can get so, like, rough and short hair looking like that. I was like, okay. Look, this man has diversity. You can literally be writer right now. Everyone will love Henry him. Henry Cavill is um, – He's versatile. He's very pretty. But you wouldn't to look think at. that though. Just seeing him off the bat, and then you realize how much stuff he's been, and you're like, okay, just kidding. This man could do literally everything, anything. I mean, come on, The Witcher. Who thought that was going to be attractive? He's still hot with long white hair. white hair, and but like you know what? I feel horrible like, contacts. I feel like there's a thing with guys and long blonde hair because when Orlando Bloom was playing Legolas in the Lord of the Rings, I thought he was hot. Mm-hmm. But like half half the population of our age group did. Yeah. Like I thought he was really hot. Like, I have I to look at this picture. Again. I almost had a thing for him more than I had a thing for like Vigo Mortensen. Mm, see, I think I went more Vigo. Yeah, but I, I get it. it I get weird. the Legolas. It I get it. it was, yeah. It's pretty boy. I, I think I'm envisioning what you're saying, but I don't think I was going that way. Okay. To me, Orlando is just like Pirates of the Caribbean, and that's it. It's valid. You are that. That's the man you will always be. Okay. So, Orin and the Saddles are in the kitchen making food, getting yelled at by the cook when these mysterious visitors arrive. And I think it's supposed to be seven men. One dude, one really tall dude flanked by um, six other soldiers. And when they get a look at the body armor they're wearing, Orin realizes that these are King Rot's soldiers and that uh, the big tall dude that's kind of scary looking in the middle, she can't see his face because he's just wearing a big old helmet, is Commander Rip. The infamous Commander Rip, who apparently can just rip people's heads off their shoulders. He's supposedly really tall really scary and so she's kind of like freaking out about it you see how he's really scary and bridge and i are like wow wow wee woo come in i was oh, like let's oh. we can add another adjective wait, wait. in there wait, wait 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 so at this point at this point she only knows of his reputation which is probably exaggerated um and she has not seen his face and so there's like even rumors that he might have like horns and a huge scar and he's disfigured Yes, yes, that is a big part of that because yeah, she doesn't know anything, right? Um, and I don't think we added this earlier, but King Rot is known that way because he sends back the bodies of his enemies, like literally oh, rotted corpses yes. back. We skipped that part and when so they were that leaving High adds, Bell. Yes, and so that kind of um, adds to the intensity and the scariness of finding King Rot, High Commander on the boat with them because this is not going to look good. Yeah. Midas um, sent troops to attack him basically through uh Falk. Falk. Yeah. Um and it's, it's not looking good for our girl Arin at this point. Yep. All the saddles are basically tasked with serving 
in the dining hall, both like the Red Raids and their guests, except for Oren. Captain Fane basically tells whomever is watching her um, that she's not allowed to uh, go in and serve. So clearly because he's trying he to keep her. He's yeah. trying to keep her hidden from what's going from. And basically every lie that Midas has Rip. told Oren up until this point is coming true. People are going to steal you. They're going to use you mm-hmm. against me. They're going to hurt you. All of which kind of confirming that like I need to be in the cage because now she was even questioning. I think at this point like. Why did I leave the cage? I should have never bitched about the cage. My life yes. was good in the cage. Exactly. Which is just, well, like. Well, it's problematic. Major but Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Definitely. The more spend time she spends away from him, the more she wants to be back. Yes. Okay. So, essentially, they finish the dinner. Commander Rip ends up bargaining with Captain Fane. Um, for Midas's saddles, he wants to take possession of them. So he gives Captain Fane this huge trunk of gold. And so Captain Fane's like, yes. So he starts walking away with the gold, but then Commander Rip stops him and tells him, I want all the saddles. And he looks directly at Oren and Oren realizes that she's been spotted by him. So she starts kind of like freaking out. Are they like um, on a deck on the deck at this point? Yeah, she's like when they first boarded the ship, she felt that he had seen her and like they kind of made eye contact, but it was dark. You know, he's wearing his helmet, she's like wearing a hooded cloak or something. I don't know. But obviously he did see her even though uh Captain Fane tried to like hide her from sight by not having her serve. Um so Fane is kind of like, yeah, no, I don't want to give her to you. Uh, But Commander Rip is basically like, uh, I'm not giving you a choice. Kind of threatens him and Fane backs down and he's like, fine, I'll give them to you in an hour because you need to go, I don't know, go like sort stuff out with like your men. Um, So I'll send them to you in an hour. Why does Fane do that? So Fane does that so he can grab Risa and he can grab Oren and basically go assault them before he hands them over. Because, again, I think we said this, but in case you missed it, Captain Fane's an asshole. So they go into the captain's room. Rissa starts performing like a saddle, hoping to like gain his favor. But again, Captain Fane, Fane is like a sadist and he just wants to like punish her. It's really disgusting. Um, I did not like the scene at all. No, was, the scene was it was rough. It was it was disturbing, and so he starts abusing abusing Rissa, and um, at some point, Oren like yells at him to stop that he's hurting her, and then he turns around and he starts going towards Oren to abuse her, and he actually I think he like backhands her and ends up leaving a huge like bruise on her cheek and he also like kicks her in the stomach a couple times Mm -hmm. um and then he's going to assault her but she grabs him by the neck and what's really important to note here is that the sun is starting to come up because it's been a really long night and so the rays of the sun are starting to come through captain fane's window and that's when we realize in some magical moment that Oren can turn things into gold 
And so she kills Captain Fane by making him a solid gold statue. Right. So it's and a so big reveal. Right huge there. reveal. Huge reveal. One, there's not supposed to be any magic in the world. And so the only people that have magic are come the from the, the kingdom. The Fae bloodlines. Mm-hmm. So that's one. There really aren't supposed to be any more Fae in the world. And we get this whole backstory um, that there were actually at one point seven kingdoms in Oria, Orea, whatever. I forgot how we decided we were going to pronounce it. It was Oria. Um, Oria, yeah. And so there was a human girl. There's this whole story about a long bridge, which I really didn't follow. I thought it was weird. There's like a long bridge. I don't even remember it, really. Um, I was like, I thought that was a super important part, but okay. The long bridge? There's a long bridge that (laughs) people like walk, but it's so long and like it's kind of like narrow. So people fall off the cliff all the time, but they constantly send people to go like explore it. And at some point, a young girl, a human girl went on the bridge to look for her father who had been sent to explore on the bridge. Um, But she ends up coming back years later. It's a human girl. I forget what her name is. I feel like it's like Sarah, but not Sarah, maybe Elizabeth. I don't know. Can't remember. But essentially as she kept walking, she finds the seventh kingdom, which is the Fae kingdom. And so she had fallen in love with a Fae prince they had both fallen in love with each other, and as part of like his wedding gift to her, he was letting her travel back. So that sort of began relations between the humans and the Fae, which is what leads to some, you know, cross-populating. Mixed bloodlines. Exactly. Mixed bloodlines, magic introduced into the human realms. But then we don't really get the full story. All we're told is that the Fae betrayed the humans. And we're not really told anything else, at least not in the first book. So my theory on this, a couple of things. One, clearly, Oren's fey. I mean, what human do you know has flesh tentacles coming out of their back? I guess every time you ding, say ding, that, ding, like Bridget and I already are like, ugh. <laughs> every I'm, time. Just using, I'm just using Bridget's words back. Yes, it's coming back with on. her. Sorry, guys, but at least we have good visuals here. <laughs> Next time, be careful of what you teach me. So I think it's also important to note, too, the big reveal is that Orin can turn things into gold. Yes. So this entire time, we're thought to believe thought. that it is Midas's as the traditional story goes. So now we really realize why he's been keeping her in this gilded cage all this exactly. time. exactly, And why no exactly. one can touch her. Correct. So Orin's the one with all the gold power but then also i think that the reason that they were only able to travel at night was because it it seems like orin's gift only kicks in during the day when she's touched by the sun's rays so if they only travel at night um there isn't the possibility that something's going to happen on the road during the day that she might accidentally reveal her gift you know it's funny Um, i didn't correlate those two until just now because even when they said like she'd put a dress on and it would turn completely gold anything her skin touched turned to gold it's like the carriage or a coat everything would be gold right what did she wear during the day then she wore clothes yeah but all her stuff was gold already gold okay yeah 
Oh, her dresses were gold. That's the impression I got. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. But they weren't like solid gold, like what Captain whatever his face is turned no. into. It was just like golden like, in color. Yeah. Um. So she does this in front of Rissa, and Rissa's kind of like just shocked. Um. Also important to note, and so at this point, it has not been confirmed to us. That Oren is the one with the gold power, gold touch power. Mm-hmm. Um, although that's what we assume. Um, but actually, Rissa, and I guess one, not a lot of people know the truth. And two, Rissa thinks that Oren has this power because Midas gold touched her. Mm-hmm. So Rissa actually do- doesn't even um, come to the conclusion that the power is Oren's. Um, and so Oren really doesn't reveal much about this. So that's important to note, too. And I guess that's how they're keeping the secret. Okay, so they kill Captain Faye. He's a solid gold uh, statue, really heavy. And so Orin has I the pictured this. What? You Little Mermaid. She's got that yes. statue of Prince Eric. That yep. is how I picture a gold Captain Faye. Less handsome than, obviously, Prince Eric. Yeah. And his pants were around his ankles when this happened, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. so it's great. He got what was coming to him. Oren uses, like, the last bit of her strength um, and her ribbons along with Rissa to, like, basically dump Captain Fane out the window along with the huge trunk of gold that they had taken up to Captain Fane's room. Because their story is going to be that Captain Fane was using them as a cover. He really tied them up and he decided to flee with the gold um, and basically rob from the red raids anyways the hour has passed commander rip is coming for them quarter who's supposed to be captain fane's like second mate or whatever comes to find the woman they're looking for the captain you know they tell him the story they're like oh he fled he doesn't believe them especially because like his coat is still lying on the Mm -hmm. desk where he had left it but Commander Rip is there and he doesn't let Quarter question them or keep them any longer than he needs to. So scary man's ready in that sh- yeah. knight in shining armor. Let's do this. Absolutely. So they're leaving the ship. I forget what happens, but basically Oren falls off the side of like the plank while she's walking down into the snow. Um, and she uses her ribbons to stop herself from like face, face planting. planting into the snow um and then commander rip sees her and he realizes that she has ribbons and so i guess he realizes that she's a fae so that's interesting um and then that's basically the end of the book the only other interesting thing that happens is commander rip takes off his helmet other than the fact that he has some like weird black they're little horns, right? Horns or spikes, spikes on his head, on his forehead. Um, Commander Rip's hot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any disfiguring scars. He doesn't really have any horns. So, yeah, he has some, like, obsidian things. Rocks stuck to his forehead. It's fine. Coming out of, like, his spine and, like, the back of his elbows, which he can retract, which we find out later. Uh, but, yeah, the dude's hot. He's tall really muscular say no um, more and because of, like let's go yeah 
And because of these features, these black spikes, Oren realizes that he's Faye. She assumes that he's hiding his Faye-ness from the rest of the world, but it doesn't really seem to be the case. And now we're kind of going into book two territory, um, but basically this is where it stops. She's been taken prisoner. She's in her own carriage and she realizes that Commander Rip is a Faye and that concludes Guild, which is uh, book one of the Plated Prisoner series. So to me, this book, I feel like was a pretty heavy read. You've got traumatic Oren locked in a cage. You've got real tough scenes with Captain Fang to read through. Uh, the abuse of Rissa, like that part was like very graphic and detailed. But overall, I felt the plot was interesting enough to be like, oh, was how, how's it happening? I didn't feel like it was any darker than an episode of Game of Thrones, which had some pretty gruesome scenes. I mean, arguably way more gruesome than this. Oh, yeah, totally. But it was I'd say it's along sort of that same world which we talked about earlier that just like life is harsh and life is taking no prisoners, no one's nice to to anybody there. Right. And it is the first book of the series, so you had to go through all of this to watch Orin grow because First, it's her questioning whether she's happy or not in the cage, and then suddenly seeing the people of her kingdom living in poverty when Minus had told her, you know, we're off in riches because you're turning thing gold, everything gold. Then, sale. She started growing right. a I backbone. Feel like we started off with really naive Orin. Like, I'm so sheltered. I have all the books I can read. I can move around the castle. I live in this beautiful kingdom. And then as her journey progresses, she sees, to your point, it's poverty. There's death everywhere. Yeah. Things are not as great as she had been told. Exactly. Yeah, I think when she's, I saw her trying to like save Sale's body, even though he's already dead, and it was kind of like my moment of like, okay, maybe I'm not going to hate her for the entire series. So it's Hate's a strong word. Not love her. It's more like it. I definitely didn't like her off the bat. Like she came, she comes off as very vapid. I feel like that's a good word for her. And so, but you know, clearly as her backstory is revealed, you know, it's more of like you you have sympathy for her because yeah, she she's was, a more dimensional character than what she was exactly. She's definitely you know she has a lot of trauma, and so. Her behavior is more about coping with the trauma um, than anything else. Because she uses coping mechanisms. Like, the entire time, you know, she mentions, especially in the beginning, that, like, you know, she'll wake up with terrible headaches um, because she drank wine all night long. Because Mm -hmm. she's just, that's the only way that she could deal with, like, being in the cage. So definitely, Oren, she, by the end of the first book, she's definitely likable. Still don't like Risa, but I definitely gained more respect for her trying to um, act and write out her situation. Mm-hmm. Um, to, Every single time we were talking about the um, King Falk, in my head, I was initially picturing the captain because I hated him so much more. And I was like, ugh, I can't believe he was in the book for that long. But then I realized there were two separate characters. Two very My- gross male characters we had to contend uh, with off the bat. Also, wasn't there something about like him wearing velvet 
the uniform of fourth kingdom. I feel no, like fifth they talked about like velvet a lot. Velvet. It's okay. purple velvet. I was like, that why does was, this keep sticking out in my head for velvet? That was what fifth kingdom wears. So like sixth kingdom, obviously everything is gold. Fifth kingdom is purple velvet. Um, fourth kingdom, which is it's rot. King Rot's kingdom. Apparently there's like a lot of wood. There's some weirdness going on in Fourth Kingdom that they've alluded to, but the information that comes from Midas is clearly um, biased and manipulated. So whatever they've told us so far about Fourth Kingdom, which is you know, right, that it's a little bit dying. Yeah, um, I don't quite believe it, but it's obviously, a little I shrouded in mystery, Fourth Kingdom. Yes, mm-hmm. I have not obviously read more than like a third of like book two so i still don't know what's going on okay so hit us what your predictions for book two then how's it gonna end um so huh okay wait i just wanted to make this one comment the reason it took me so long to get into the book was because i did not think the writing was great it's a very specific style i can see that i i struggle when you have like these sort of like medieval worlds, but really contemporary speaking. Mm-hmm. And so when you juxtapose those two things, I just like, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to feel about it. So I didn't like that. I struggled with that um, for a really long time, but I'm definitely intrigued. Um, My, Projections. Well, clearly, Commander Rip is the love interest. But is he? he d- 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 Do we love even. him for other reasons? Don't even. He's clearly the love interest. Hot, tall, female. Again, he's the fantasy no world's like I love mean, interest. What more do you need to know? More of what's going on in the kingdoms or whatever obviously is going to be revealed. I don't think Orin's going to take Midas's lies very well. She's still like, like her eyes are opening up, but she's still like in a very, she's still in denial about I feel things. like this is going to be her role, like poppy moment for her where she's like, oh, the ascendants fucking suck. Yeah. They are liars. Um, right, it's going to flip her life on its head. And she just, she, it's already flipped. She's just trying to come to terms with exactly the knowledge that she now has. And then also, clearly she's Faye. I'm almost kind of shocked, though, because it doesn't seem like she realizes that she is. Because, again, it's so normal just to have flesh ribbons, tentacles coming out of your back. Like, that's just normal. I will say, like, I want – in book one going into book two, I wanted – an explanation as to why we have the flesh ribbons. Like I needed to know. I just want an explanation to why she chose ribbons as the term to use. I mean, I realize that they're they've been useful, but it's just it's weird. It's weird. Well, I was just like, cause that's not a traditional um, feature of faith folks. So yeah. usually we're think- getting an ear and some magic, maybe some tats. I was like, neither is like little horns on your forehead, but whatever. Yeah, but well, for some whatever. reason, that one didn't bother me as much. 
because I, I think I thought of I was um, like, there's hunt. no way I can be attracted to this. And so, then I was like, oh. You Googled the fan art. That's what no, I had to do. No, no, I didn't even Google it. I just kept reading the book and I was like, oh, shit. No. Here we go again. <laughs> Here I, had to Google, I had to Google the fan art because once they described, I, I was like, okay, I can deal with like the spikes down the spine and even on the arms. I was like, but on the face? And they're like black and dull above his eyebrows? I was like, this, like I'm supposed to find this guy attractive? So I definitely Googled image and then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I understand. Yep. Still we hot. vibe with this. She's like, it's I get the hype. <laughs> it's like body piercings. It's exactly what I picture. Like someone did like some crazy. Like a line. Like body piercing is like mean? right above your eyebrows like that. If you find Rune Dan and hot because who doesn't, then you you're going to find Commander Rip. The- the okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't. Bay. I don't find him hot. I've seen like the fan art. I don't know the storyline, but he's just okay. like. You I don't find like, him hot because you don't know the storyline. Okay, we've totally derailed. Well, you know <laughs> from the best the prisoner awesome. series. <laughs> um. So yeah. Somehow we always work. We work in a segue into Sarah J. Mass and Zodiac Academy. Yeah, all the time. Clearly, we're fans. Okay, so next time we speak, we will do a recap of book two. I will say that I have it on good authority, i.e. Bridget, that it doesn't get spicy until book three. Um, I.e. the rest of the world. Book talk. So, yeah. Yeah. So that kind it's of worth sucks. It. There, yeah. Yeah. It did. It did. Um, okay, guys. I guess that's... That's all it? she wrote. So this is the Plated Prisoner series, the first book, Guild, in the can. Our discussion led by the fabulous Hilda as she takes us on her reading journey. Because again, <laughs> Bridget and I have already read this. Um, you can find us at booktalkmademe underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. We want to hear from you guys. Tell us what you thought of Guild. Like it? Yes, no. Um, you can um, catch us there and let us know your thoughts and feelings. And your thoughts on how many times you said flesh ribbons. And I'm sorry for saying it one more time. It's really supposed to be flesh tentacles. Flesh I think tentacles. Flesh ribbons is like the, the PG version. Nice, the PG-13 version. I, still a very accurate description about what's going on in her back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will leave you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.